feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweeter. should be hearing from President Trump. It was just declared a few minutes ago that he has won the Nevada GOP caucuses, which were tonight. It was a foregone conclusion that he would win if you look at the huge margin that he had there. And obviously there was a caucus, there was a primary, there were two different races there in Nevada, but he will take home obviously more, more of the points and the electorate that he needs as he moves forward toward the nomination. And we just saw some new polls, by the way, coming out um, of the delegates. It's a good lion's share that you get from Nevada. But if you look at what's coming, also you got South Carolina coming up, and he is 30 points ahead of Nikki Haley. That's her home state. Remember, she is the governor. She was for many years and still calls that her residency. You know, that's where she lives, has been, you know, for many, many years there. So that is a stunning, stunning number. And obviously, tonight, uh, he will be declaring victory. But we're waiting to see if he's also going to respond to this blistering report coming from the special counsel saying that President Biden is essentially senile, that he is mentally incapacitated. And as I mentioned, in the last few minutes, we're hearing even from a number of members of Congress on the GOP side saying it's time to invoke the 25th Amendment. It is time for this president to be removed, that he is not physically fit. Well, there's a lot of reasons why the country is falling apart. And much of it, I also think, is due to the open border. We've seen in New York the rising crime. We also saw, obviously, that horrible beatdown and more video was released a few hours ago of those illegal migrants who were beating up NYPD officers in Times Square. And today we heard from the New York, the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, who came out and uh, trying to act like he's John Wayne when he is the guy who let all of them loose except for one on, you know, no cash bail, nothing to worry about. See you later. Enjoy yourselves. And now they're never to be seen again. He also confirmed that the guys that were on the bus, there were reports that they were on the bus headed to California and that they might have been apprehended in Phoenix, Arizona. Four of them were brought back. It turns out they were not the New York suspects. So many of them are still on the loose. One of them is behind bars. That's it. And they're looking for a couple others. And they have no idea if they're even in the country right now, thanks to Alvin Bragg and this revolving door of justice. But listen to what Alvin Bragg said a little bit ago. Boy, he said, we just don't put up with this kind of stuff in New York City. Say what? As a lifelong New Yorker, I do not tolerate attacks on our police officers. uh, And certainly I do not uh, as Manhattan district attorney. So let me be clear, plain and simple, the behavior depicted, many of you have seen, is despicable. And boy, somebody who talks like that, he didn't really have that much fervor, by the way, in his voice, 
but he finally at least came out and said it's despicable. And he said, I was just waiting. The reason we let them all go is I was just waiting because we wanted to make sure we have the right people. You have people that are illegal migrants that list city shelters as their home and you let them go. They are a major flight risk. This is exactly why you have bail and why you actually post significant bail to people like that. If you beat up a cop, imagine what else you would consider doing or have done probably in most cases. So it's not very comforting when you hear Alvin Bragg speak like that. Now, also today, another big dramatic development before the U.S. Supreme Court, the big, huge arguments that took place, the oral arguments from the state of Colorado's case to ban Trump from the ballot, to be on the presidential ballot. This is just Colorado's. It comes from the Colorado Secretary of State because Trump was appealing the Colorado Secretary of State's decision and said, I shouldn't be kicked off the ballot. This is not appropriate. Well, the Colorado Secretary of State said, you committed insurrection, even though he's never been charged with that, nor is anyone else, and you should be kicked off the ballot. Well, today, it was really powerful to hear the oral arguments. I listened to the whole thing today. It was usually, and I've sat in the Supreme Court a number of times for these cases. I was senior correspondent for Fox in Washington, spent a lot of time there. I have covered many of these Supreme Court cases where I've sat in the chambers, and I feel like I need smelling salt to stay awake because sometimes they're just really painful, like watching dried paint. But today, it was really interesting And they were actually pretty illuminating. And it looked like, and this is what all the media is pretty much saying, that it looks like they're going to be very favorable to President Trump, that they were very skeptical about a state or even a state official somehow unilaterally deciding to kick somebody off the presidential ballot, that they would make that kind of a decision, that that's not their purview this secretary of state or any state official, that that is a federal issue. And how dare a secretary of state or anybody in a state capacity decide a national election. And it was a pretty compelling moment. I thought one of the best moments, by the way, came from liberal justice, Elena Kagan. Uh, Again, very liberal. But listen to this line of questioning. This is when she was talking to the Colorado secretary of state's attorney, And you could tell she was very skeptical at the position that they took to kick him off the ballot. Most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it. It sounds awfully national to me. Um, So whatever means there are to enforce it would suggest that they have to be federal, national means. Why does, uh, you know, if you weren't from Colorado and you were from Wisconsin or you were from Michigan, and it really, you know, what the Michigan Secretary of State did is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected, I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? No, Your Honor, because ultimately it's this court that's going to decide that question of federal constitutional eligibility and settle the issue for the nation. And, and certainly it's not unusual that questions of national importance come up. Well, I suppose this state. court would be saying something along the lines of that a state has the power to do it. But I guess I was, I was asking you to go a little bit further and saying why should that be the right rule? Why should a single state have the ability 
to make this determination, not only for their own citizens, but for the rest of the nation. Because Article 2 gives them the power to, to appoint their own electors as they see fit, but if they're going to use a federal constitutional qualification as a ballot access determinant, then it's creating a federal constitutional question that then this court decides, and other courts, other states, if, if this court affirms the decision below, determining that President Trump is ineligible to be president, other states would still have to determine what effect that would have on their own state's law and state procedure. It was very interesting, but I think most people who heard those arguments said that the justices were definitely skeptical of the decision from Colorado, and it looks like they're probably going to decide pretty early which way to go. I think most people expect that they will say, no, this is not the decision of a state office, and that they will kick it out. And that will send a signal to all the other states. There's about 11 of them right now that are considering kicking him off the ballot. Uh, Maine, of course, has already done the same as Colorado did. But this would certainly send a very strong signal to all of the other states. Meantime, everybody, of course, is talking about the special counsel decision. Because this was not a good day for President Biden. First, you see these arguments that were coming through And the comments, as you heard from the justices on the other case, that seemed positive for President Trump and not good for Biden because he sure would love to see President Trump kicked off the ballot and basically branded with insurrection. Now he gets the message from the special counsel that's investigating him. And they come out with that blistering report that he willfully retained and disclosed classified information. But because he is so senile, and even the answers that he gave the special counsel, no jury would really convict him. They'd feel sorry for a mentally incompetent old man. That's essentially it. So the question, should Joe Biden have been charged with mishandling the classified documents? What do you make of the senile defense that is being presented And earlier today, we were talking with a number of individuals, including Greg Jarrett of Fox News. And I want to play this. This is Cut 16. And he was on Katz and Cosby, me and John Katz and Matides. And Greg Jarrett is the Fox News legal analyst. You see him all the time there. And he said that the Her report essentially says, well, it's time for Joe to go. Take a listen. I mean, this is a scary report, and every American should be alarmed, and they should read it. Uh, And it should be the death knell to Biden's reelection. I mean, it basically says we can't prosecute him because he's a doddering old fool incapable of remembering much of anything. And therefore, we can't possibly prove his willfulness or intent which are necessary elements of the crime. So the report calls him, this is really stunning, and I'm quoting here, a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory, end of quote. Then they go on to recite how Biden struggled to read his own notebook entries and, quote, did not remember when he was vice president. He actually had to ask the interviewers, when was I vice president? And, you know, look, some of the classified material involves Afghanistan, but Biden could not recall the vigorous debate over Afghanistan. It was a total blank. His 
his brain seems vacuous of events, times, and places, and the report says it only grew worse over time. So, you know, this is the guy who wants to run for another four years. I mean, I think this report is compelling evidence that the 25th Amendment needs to be invoked, that Biden's mental infirmities are now so severe that he is functionally incapacitated under the meaning of that amendment. Greg, you're calling him a duddering old fool. So it's the duddering old fool defense. And also we spoke to Professor Alan Dershowitz, and this is his read on the report from special counsel Robert Hur. Take a listen. This will have a devastating effect, I think, on the electoral chances of, of Joe Biden. I mean, I just can imagine the campaign slogan. Do you want an elderly man with a faulty memory to be confronting Putin and, 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 and you know, other enemies of America? Uh, this was a gift handed by her to um, a political gift handed to Donald Trump. Yeah, it definitely wasn't all they need to do. You can see the campaign ad. You see him fumbling and bumbling again. The latest one tonight, confusing the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico right after he tells everybody how sharp he is. Then you've got the recent ones with Mitterrand and Macron and Helmut Kohl and all of these things, these are within a matter of days. I think there's like a two or three day st- you know, span. Uh, he's really degrading, degrading, degrading. And yet, all you do is you play that, these fumbles and bumbles, there's way too many of them. And then you pull the quote out of the Robert Hur report saying he's a duddering old, uh, senile old man. And then you go, uh, is this who you want to be handling the nuclear codes? Anybody say yes out there? 1-800-848-9222. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rita Cosby Show. to strut around tonight saying mentally incapacitated who me 
and nobody is buying it. And there are more and more letters calling for the 25th Amendment saying that he is incapable of leading this nation. News just breaking, too, that Claudia Tenney, Congresswoman from New York, Republican, has sent a letter to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, about the 25th Amendment, saying it is time to remove this president for the good of the country. And when you see what Robert Hur said, as we were describing Greg Jarrett saying it is the duttering old fool defense that he gets off because he clearly couldn't even answer a basic question. You can understand why the calls for the 25th Amendment are intensifying by the minute. And this comes as leadership in the House also sending many letters saying very, very similar things after what was a blistering report. And then you see the news conference afterwards that the president does to try to clean up on aisle seven, and he only makes matters worse and confuses presidents again and then is defiant and nasty as ever. It's like, a, you know, like an angry old man, you know, when you ask somebody, I always use the description, uh, what was the El Camino with um, Clint Eastwood? You know, he was the mad guy screaming and telling the kids to get off my lawn, get off my lawn. That's how I feel like we are seeing now President Biden every time somebody brings up his mental incapacity. And it was boy shown in the the spotlight in an enormous way only hours ago. And this to me is utterly damaging to this president. I don't know how he will mentally or physically or politically recover after what was a searing report. Your thoughts, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Line one. Robert, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Marjorie Taylor Greene said it right. He needs to be impeached and also removed under the 25th Amendment. Yep. Yep. That seems to be the case tonight. That's what a lot of people are saying. We haven't heard Democrats saying that yet, Robert. Let's see if any Democrats have the courage and the honesty and the integrity to say it, because we certainly all see it. This guy is not fit. Cosby is on. Tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, the calls for invoking the 25th Amendment, saying that the president is unfit mentally for office. Well, guess what? Many people are calling for it. There's a chorus coming in in the last hour or so. Senator Rick Scott, Republican of Florida, saying, quote, the report, this is by Robert Hur, the special counsel uh, who's been investigating President Biden, 
saying, quote, this report labels Biden as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. That does not describe someone who should be the commander in chief of our armed forces and the defender of American freedoms. It's time for his cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment. Again, Senator Rick Scott of Florida, Senator Mike Lee, and also Senator Josh Hawley saying in separate posts, it is time for the 25th Amendment to be invoked. Then also Marjorie Taylor Greene putting that out there. Claudia Tenney writing to Merrick Garland saying it is time to remove this president. And Congressman Mike Collins of Georgia, Republican, saying, quote, there has never been a stronger case for the 25th Amendment than right now. So it is damning. It is blistering. Again, we haven't heard from Democrats saying that, uh, but many Republicans are saying after this report, this president is an incapacitated 81-year-old. And again, as Greg Jarrett was saying, a, quote, duttering old fool. That is not how you want the president and the leader of the free world to be presented. But the report also says that he willfully retained documents. Where is justice equal? Why is justice not blind in America? Clearly, they're out to get Trump, Trump, Trump. And in this case tonight, look at how they handled President Trump's case. They go in with guns blazing, six in the morning to Mar-a-Lago, charged him with recklessness of classified documents. He's president. He's allowed to have it. Then also obstruction, a whole slew of charges. Again, they're going with guns drawn. And then here it is in this case, it's been swept under the rug. Yes, he gets labeled a duttering old fool, but he is not going to be charged, according to this special counsel, saying, yeah, he did willfully retain and willfully disclose classified information, but I don't recommend charges. But listen to President Biden a little bit ago defending himself, saying, you know what, he disagrees with everything in the report and that part, too. On page 215, the report of the special counsel found the exact opposite. Here's what he wrote. There is, in fact, a shortage of evidence that I willfully retain classified materials related to Afghanistan. On page 12, the special counsel also wrote for another documents. The decision to decline criminal charges was straightforward. The evidence suggests that Mr. Biden did not willfully retain these documents. The evidence who said I did not willfully retain these documents. Uh, The report says you did willfully retain the documents and you shouldn't have had them when you were senator or vice president. And then he also sparred with the press. Uh, Here's another doozy from his press conference a little bit ago. Listen to this. For months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Many American people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your is judgment. Public that is not the judgment concerns. of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? I'm the most qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. Oh, boy. Let's hope he doesn't finish the job he started. We already have 10 million illegal migrants who've come into this country under this president. 
And in fact, new news just came out that about a million of them crossed our southern border since October. So I, I think we'll pass on him doing more of the same. You could certainly say his actions have been derelict for this country, let alone now we're hearing about his distinct mental incapacity. That is stunning. And then remember, in the case with Donald Trump, there was that famous part that they talk about that Jack Smith, the special counsel who's investigating President Trump, that he came out with that saying that President Trump waved like a map and it was sort of battle plans or something that had happened. And remember, he was kind of showing it at one point to a reporter and said, hey, look, I have these here. Uh, I, I have this here. And that was a big deal. They said, well, that shows that he was disclosing classified information, that he was waving it to a reporter in a conversation. Well, what Robert Hur just came out with, and again, it's a very lengthy special report, but in it, he says that President Biden actually gave the documents to a ghostwriter and that the ghostwriter also is it's alleged in multiple reports that the ghostwriter also got rid of the documents. So gave them to a ghostwriter who doesn't have any sort of a security clearance. That's clearly willful disclosing. And then documentation missing now, ordered removed, that's obstruction. But yet he's not facing any of those charges. And again, here he is tonight, just a little bit ago, President Joe Biden saying, I didn't share any information with anybody. Listen to this. I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter? With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. But the special counsel said it. No, he did not say that. Okay. He did not say that. But, Mr. President, let me answer your question. The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in in Afghanistan. And I was of multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified. I should have said it was should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he's referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. Not according to Robert Herr. So is this president in big time trouble? And now that they have spotlighted, yes, major flaws. I, re- I re- you know, I feel like it's so much like the Comey case. Remember when Comey came out again and was like, here's the list, here's the list, here's the things that she did uh, on Hillary Clinton. But no jury would go after her because of her position, who she is. And in this case, no jury would go after Biden, essentially, on this report because he is just mentally so incapacitated. If he can't even answer basic questions like that, what is he doing sitting in the Oval Office? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And let's go to Norm, line three. Norm, your thoughts about all this. Boy, are we in a mess, Norm. Yeah, it's a big mess. Rita, first, a quick shout out to Grimaldi's, the best pizzeria in New York City, and to manager John and waiter Sonny for the best pizza experience I had tonight. Oh, ever. wow. Anyway, that's did, my wait, little commercial wait, for them. Wait, but more importantly, did you go to the Limelight, the old Limelight yes, location? Yes, I went to the Limelight tonight after my work for Matsi. I was, uh, I was uh, sitting there. Uh, uh, I had a personal-sized pizza. I had a uh, Caesar salad and a glass of Montepulciano 
wine. Oh, it was wow. very good. Wow, 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 wow. By the way, and, and um, for all our great listeners, so many of the folks listen on WABC. Tomorrow on Cats and Cosby, the official pizza of WABC is Grimaldi's. And, and the best part of it all is I demand that while we discuss Grimaldi's, that we sample Grimaldi's. See, that was sort of a very smart move that I did, Norm. So usually, <laughs> Free usually, pizza. Yes, okay. so usually we're eating, enjoying the pizza because you have to have truth in advertising. If you're going to say it's a great pizza, you got to be sampling it, right? I mean, there's some, you got to have oh, some perks. It's good stuff. It is. It's, uh, listen, I know pizza. I'm born here. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. I'm it not just saying great. it because they're, they sponsored WABC and all that. I no. bet they're great. By the way, it is anyway. great. And you know what also, Norm? It is, there's something, the sauce is so good. And it's just, there's something, I, I love Grimaldi, so I, I'm with you. But anyway, talk, let's talk about Biden's senility. Okay, Biden, listen, <laughs> I, I agree with you. The man is shot, okay? It, it's obvious. He's not running this country. It's probably, uh, I don't know, leftovers from Obama or maybe Obama himself. But the, the point is, is tactically, we've got to keep him, at least until November. I, I, I really don't, I will not expend the time to impeach him, to remove him, uh, 20 whatever, uh, you know, amendment. Uh, I, I honestly, uh, Kamala Harris cannot do better, okay? Uh, cannot do any worse, pardon me. And so I, I believe in keeping him, uh, you know, and watching him destroy this country and doing the best we can to avoid him from destroying the country. But we have to keep him, hopefully, uh, and then get rid of him in November. That's it. You, you know, know what? Uh, you heard what I said. Victory. Norm, you heard what I said, too, because all this talk of 25th Amendment or removing him or whatever mm-hmm. is behind this. Um, you know, if you look at the options, you're right. Uh, it's like Kamala Harris, uh, the borders are, which is like the biggest joke when you look at everything that's going on in the border and all the problems we're having with migrants around the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a disaster, like you just said. But, uh, but, and I hear what you're talking about strategically. Yes, there are there are people going, oh God, we don't. He is a uh, senile, but uh, they'd rather run against that senile guy, you know. But on the other hand. Uh, for the good of the country. Now you understand why the country is such a mess. Now you understand mm-hmm. why the border is such a mess. Now you understand why things have been handled so poorly. If he can't even answer a basic question, that's frightening. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever put but this guy in a meeting? He's not running it. And, and, and he's, he's not, not even running to the bathroom on his own, let alone running right. the country. And Kamala is not going to run it either. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what? You have a different kind of incapacity there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the problem. Norm, thank you. You are terrific. Thank you so much. Uh, let's go to Andrew in Stanhope. Andrew, your thoughts. Oh, I call it the Uncle Leo from Seinfeld Defense. Remember Uncle Leo? He would say that all us elderly people steal. We all shoplift. And then when we get busted, we go, sorry. I'm old. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, actually, know. you know what? That's a very good analogy because that is what they are saying is the rule. I mean, you got to be pretty pathetic, Andrew, for a special counsel to say that's the reason in an official report that he knows is going to go out to the world and be under the microscope from the world that he would say that no jury would consider it like a, you know, a, you know, blathering old man that he's so bad, you know, that what is he like, you know, uh, have somebody help him when he goes to the bathroom? You know, I, I mean, really, honestly, they made it sound like he is like, like three sheets to the wind. 
I mean, that that is a bad state if somebody feels you can't even handle a jury or going to trial or, or staying awake or answering a basic question. They'd say, get that guy out of here, you know, and, and put him in a mental institution. I mean, you know, or an old age home. I mean, that, that's that's bad shape, Andrew, don't you think? I mean, it's incredible. That, <laughs> right. And you had you had a great point on Katz and Cosby because Governor, who I like Patterson, but he said that, well, everyone feels entitled that they could take documents. And you pointed out, no, it's the double standard of justice that with Trump, they came guns blazing and Biden. They said, well, he didn't really willingly do it, but somehow he did it, but he wasn't willing. And I want to say lastly, too, Biden also told many lies, but he said that Trump had it in a public place at Mar-a-Lago. First, like you said, he had the Presidential Records Act after the Clinton sock draw ruling. And Mar-a-Lago residency is not a public place. It's private with security and with uh, guards, the uh, Secret Service. So it's like if someone owns, if there's a public store and there's an apartment upstairs or Trump Tower is public, but the penthouse or the rooms are not, you can't just walk into the So Trump's residency is not public and Biden knows that. So, and also it was the church too. He forgot the church, but I remember our lady of sorrow. That's where I went to CCD many years ago. I can remember, but he was trying to say about Bo, which he couldn't remember the church. Where yeah. He yeah. Remember he's like our lady of, uh, uh, right. uh, uh, I mean, it was, it was painful tonight, Andrew. I mean, again, he was trying to do cleanup and, uh, it was uh, it was a disaster. He created a tsunami as opposed to a cleanup tonight. Boy, it was bad stuff. Andrew, thank you very, very much. I like the Seinfeld reference, too. That was a good one, my friend. And now let's go to our Support Our Heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment with a powerful story coming from Chino, California, where World War II Marine Corps veteran Harold Kramer was sharing military history with family friends at Plains of Fame Museum on his 100th birthday. It was a historic homecoming of sorts for him as he turned 100 years old. And he gathered with friends at the museum who were there to honor him. The World War II veteran was a Marine Corps instrumental mechanic for the Corsair airplane in Okinawa. And his son was saying that the bombs were going off all over the place. So he jumped underneath his Jeep for protection. That was the only thing he had around him being on guard duty. Kramer said what he remembers the most is seeing the kamikazes because they were high up coming down, trying to bomb our ships. He was born in January 1924. He grew up in Flint, Michigan. He enlisted in 1942. And the day he left for service, he remembers the first time seeing his father cry. He said, I went out on the front porch. I went to my dad to say goodbye. And he cried and cried and cried. I never knew how much they loved us. Well, Kramer was certainly deeply loved because at this event at the Plains of Fame Museum on his 100th birthday, he also received some medals. He had great commendations from others in the community, and he also received a special gift from the Quilts of Valor Foundation, which designs quilt for our great 
military heroes. And how beautiful to see this incredible member of the greatest generation honored and appreciated and also sharing so much of history with all of us. And everybody, all it takes is just $11 a month. All you have to do is donate $11 a month to the great Tunnel to Towers Foundation. They do so much to support America's military and first responder heroes. All you have to do is go to T2T.org, T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, President Biden saying, me, mentally incapacitated? Look at the great job I'm doing, especially on the southern border. Well, we also got new details today about what led up to that horrible beatdown by those illegal migrants, many of them that are still on the lam, thanks to Alvin Bragg, uh, letting many of them out. Well, Alvin Bragg and the mayor, Eric Adams, had a press conference today where the mayor said, listen, overwhelmingly, the migrants that are coming to New York, they're here to pursue the American dream. Well, not the ones that were there in Times Square that night, Mr. Mayor, that's for sure. We're finding out that They released some new video, and it shows just that horrible beatdown by that gang of migrant mob that were beating up on those NYPD officers. And at one point in the video, the guy who they said was sort of the ringleader of the group, uh, Johenry Brito, he was pushing a baby stroller, not with the baby, but with his belongings in it. And when the police basically told them to kind of move along— He said, uh, they look like Ugly Betty, you know, referring to uh, the character in the TV show. And the police officer said, uh, you know, like, what did you say, basically? Started talking to him. The officer led him against the wall and started asking for ID and talking to him. And that's when Brito just let loose and was flailing, uh, would not by any means comply with the officer Uh, And then you see the other migrants jumping in and you see the officer on the ground, the other officer there on the ground, and then the kicks start flying. And again today, the mayor's office and the DA's office maintaining everything was done above board. In fact, the mayor was actually commending the DA for doing his job. Mr. Mayor, that is atrocious. Why will you not take the DA to task? He is leading to the degradation of New York. At least Governor Kathy Hochul said that the DA, I had a talking to him, but she hasn't even talked about removing him. And today the DA was like, I did a great job. So what? Is that the Biden defense? What? 